All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Big, big weekend. They're all big now in Vegas with Major League Sports here, championship organizations. We're live at Treasure Island. It's Cofield. Angel's down here helping us out, running the show. DeMond's back in the studio in for Ari. And, of course, John Von Tobel is the company. We got the Stanley Cup final game number one tomorrow at the Fortress. In a matter of minutes, you know, they've now got this uh, Friday night WNBA package on Ion. And the Aces are on the road against the Dream. So the 4-0 Aces playing the Dream. That's coming up in just a couple of minutes. I don't know if I should announce this. Should I do it? Yeah, I guess I'll roll the dice. Um, At some point in the next month or so, because we already run play-by-play for the home Aces games, they won a championship. They deserve even more. I think we're working out a deal to air the road games on radio as well. Where those will land, I'm not sure, but we'll have more information for you. I think, I always tread lightly on this because you never know what technical stuff, and you know, on a new venture, that we're going to be running a couple of the games next week on the road. So Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. Need some sideline help? I'll do it. That's a good question. I don't think so, but you never know. Love basketball. I know you do. Damn. I know you do. You had a good time doing the UNLV games, right? Of course. Hell, you got to do uh, color for at least one game, right? Including the one where I had to get called in. Oh, that's right. When I showed up, ready to do my sideline duties. Ooh, actually, no, you're going to be the two today. We had an illness, and then uh, we were also doing TV that night. And, uh, yeah, it was like five minutes before the game. I'm like, bruh, we need some help upstairs, so let's go. You and John Sandler. It's good. It's fun. It's a different role, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, but it gives you perspective. Like when we hammer on uh, color analyst in football and basketball and hockey, like you have a respect for their job and you, you realize like how informed people have to be. And you also realize the good former player broadcasters are next level because they're not all good. Yep. The ones who are good, you really appreciate it because you're like, wow, that guy really knows the game. And he can get it across to everyone. Yep. And- or she. The underrated aspect of it, too, from a media perspective, is just you know chemistry, knowing when to go, jump in when Ooh. you're when you're uh, when when the number one, which is John Sandler in this case, you know, is you 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 pick up on each other's mannerisms. You know, for you, I, I can pick up when you're going to do stuff, all that kind of like one of my things. You actually you do it all the time, and I know you necessarily don't need to give me the timeout sign, but I know when we're near the end of a segment and you turn completely away from me because <laughs> I'm looking at because you're about to go to break. Yes. And I know exactly like, little things like that. You build the chemistry. Yes. Uh, it's national donut day. We have a good chemistry on that. We all had a donut in your six pack that you picked up. Who is going to now go for the second donut? Um, you also were mentioning that, you know, it's not just traditional donut shops. And by the way, hit the small donut shops around town. Cause there are legendary places here. That do a great job with their donuts. I might pick up some on the way home. I was going to try to pick them up here, but I got a little rushed. Um, you know, there are grocery stores and there are convenience stores that do donuts pretty pretty well. Yes. You said you found what kind of apple fritter? A raspberry fritter. Hello. At a spot that we'll say, I think it's a relatively new convenience it is store. A, it is a new spot, yeah. yeah. It's starting to pop up more around the valley, so love it. Absolutely love it. That's funny. I could go off on this one on a tangent. We always talk about sports books and getting competition into the market. Oh, dude. We need – We're. A, I think we're a mid-level – not in terms of volume. We've got more convenience stores here, I think, than every any city in the country. But in terms of quality. But, but in terms of quality, I don't think they all drive each other. No, not at all. 
It's just, oh, we're just a convenience store. I can just put my stuff in here, and that's about it. There's no push to be great. What is everyone else doing? Right. I can now, at some spots, just say, find a brisket burrito in the mornings or something like that if I want to go get that. Oh, right? is that right? Yeah, go get a go get a name-brand cinnamon roll from a certain spot because they're piping hot fresh. Now I feel I obligated to pop, like, every convenience store in town. But then I'll miss some, so... I, just think we, I think we can all go up another level. Well, also, and I will say, because all you East Coast, you know, the elitists, yeah, yeah. it's not really that big of a deal. The one thing you do have, though, Wawa, when I, would t- when I was taking my trips out there and I got to visit a Wawa for the first time and understood, like, oh, so this is the big deal. It's pretty crazy. And th- I think this spot is the closest you're going to get to that. Oh, wait a second. I said the closest. That wait. doesn't mean it's close. It's the closest. Just be real careful. Amongst all the other convenience options out here, I think that's very true. Um, iron sharpens iron. I'm just saying be careful. Let's go. Not with me because I won't flip out, but you know there's some other people on the show. You start. I want to emphasize. Closest does not mean it is close. You start comparing to Wawa. It's going to get a little crazy. It's Cofield and Company, 5 o'clock hour, just kicking off. We're going to get back to some more of the A's coverage stuff because there's been some interesting news coming out, including about uh, 10 minutes from now, uh, a little while ago I tweeted out, great news coming out of Sacramento, question mark? Barry Broom, a uh, economic council dude, says Sacktown is a better spot for the A's versus Las Vegas. And I've gotten a steady stream of good. Yep. So we'll get to that in 10 minutes or so. Take them. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. I think you're going to like this sound that's coming up because it's another one of those cities that wants to fight with us. And when I watch it, I'm like, bro, we're not punching down. Right. We, don't, we don't do that here. We don't need to. We don't. All right, so last night, NBA Finals game number one, you literally sent over nothing on the game. What did you think was interesting on the game is they won, the Nuggets won by 11, they're out to a one nothing lead. I think a lot of times the narrative then becomes blowout series, and I tried to say at the beginning of the show, like, this is a weird, the NBA is unique, man. It is a zigzag sport. Adjustments are made. You know, sometimes teams peak at certain points. Teams come up flat for the beginning of series. Am I wrong in reading this and saying, hey, Tyler Hero's back. Hopefully, it's going to give him some more options. Adjustments will be made. Spo is a good coach. This is going to be a series. Don't lose faith. Don't freak out because of last night. I mean, it's going to be a series because somebody has to win. <laughs> so it's never not going to be a series. Um, look, I think the world of the Denver Nuggets, I think this team is incredible. Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball right now. Jamal Murray is, you know, this sounds like an insult, but I don't mean it as one is the best running mate out there amongst guys in the NBA. Their, two game, their two-man game is the best in the NBA right now. Their head coach, I say, Michael Malone, is on par with Eric Spolstra. He's a very good head coach. This core is great. I love this team, and I, I think they're going to end this quickly. And I think last oh, night was a good example of it. You know, Steve, so you know, we talk about adjustments all the time. The Nuggets didn't really have to adjust much. They just had to start playing better in certain stretches when they weren't playing very well. And you go back to last night when the Nuggets get the deficit cut down to, or the Heat cut the, cut, the deficit cut down to nine. So what happens? All right, let's relax. Let's walk the ball up the court. We've been practicing for the 2-3 zone. Let's get the ball in the middle of the floor. Let's let Jokic operate. Let's do what we do. And sure enough, just like that, nine points goes immediately to 15-16. They coast the rest of the last two minutes, and they're, they're good. They're up by 19-21 throughout the entire game. I thought it was great. And throughout all of that, they shot under 30% from three. One of the best teams in the NBA at limiting shots within four feet of the basket. That'd be the Miami Heat. They had 20 shot attempts at the rim, eight shooting valves drawn on those 20 shot attempts at the rim. I, I think the Heat are up against it. 
in in every single facet. I think it's going to be quick. And I'm looking at Miami plus eight and a half in game two. I mean, I so I think it's right on where it should be. So I don't think there's like a running the lay eight and a half, running to take eight and a half. I will say you'll notice the total adjusted quite a bit. It's like down to two fourteen and a half. Last night it closed to two eighteen and a half. That is, I think, a little bit of an over-adjustment, especially when you talk about Miami probably running a little bit more, shooting regression for uh, the Denver Nuggets. I think all those things change. But I'll, even to you, so you brought up Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero helps them out offensively, but you know what else he is? He's a big old bullseye on defense. And Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic are going to put him in every single pick-and-roll action, and they're going to force him to defend. And you definitely can't switch that because you're not switching Tyler Hero the other way. Like There's so many things that this team can do, and we haven't gotten to the role players. Like Aaron Gordon yesterday and how smart they are. You go down in transition, Gabe Vincent, you're 6'1 and no pounds. I'm going to come in. I'm going to put my rear end on you so you can't go anywhere. I'm going to force you to match up with me, and then I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to back you down in two steps. I'm going to finish. Same thing with Max Struess. Like, there's so many different answers they have for anything. I, I, I struggle to find where Miami is going to get this unless it's just, again, ridiculous three-point shooting. Damn. I got smacked around there. That was thorough. That was real. That was real thorough. It was just I'm I'm impressed. Like I think it's hard not to be impressed by Denver. And look at every step of the way. Yeah. You know the market moves against them in the series against Minnesota. Swept them up. Cleaned them up in five. Yeah. It, this, the Phoenix Suns. It took two insanely historic performances from Devin Booker at home just to extend that series out to six. And then everybody's darling. They go to the Western Conference Finals. Four games. We're done. Let's get out of here and let's rest for nine days and get ready for the NBA Finals. This team's awesome. Coming up, I want to get to the uh, Sacramento development. Apparently, Sacktown, at least some, want to get in on the competition for the A's. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to remind you, though, Aces watch party coming up on Sunday. Right now, the Aces are playing. They just, uh, I was going to say, kicked off, tipped off. Uh, a few minutes ago, they're up 15-9 in the first five minutes left against Atlanta. On Sunday, 1 o'clock start, they're going to be taking on the Indiana Fever. And Lindsey Brown from Raider Nation Radio is going to be on the scene at Buffalo Wild Wings. North Durango, she'll be there from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock. She'll have prizes. they got drink specials, also a great food special with the Buffalo Wild Wings 1-1. One one. You buy a burger for $1, not the burger, for $1 on the side, you get six chicken wings. So that's a good deal at Buffalo Wild Wings. And Lindsay's going to be there watching the Aces. Plenty of swag to give away. It's all brought to you by our friends at Finley Volkswagen in Henderson. It's a North Durango location with Lindsey Brown. Buffalo Wild Wings, watch the Aces on Sunday. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Rolling on, you heard of T.I. on a Friday. Cofield and Company. JVT is here. Hmm. Angel, DeMond's back in the studio. So, quickly, you want to do the uh, the latest story on the A Stadium. Now, I had heard this reported as Sacramento wanted to step up potentially to be the bridge city and offer Sacktown as a place where the A's could play until they get a stadium done here. Then, you know I watch TV in all markets. Uh, then I was like, hey, let me watch uh, CBS 2 in Sacramento. And this story pops up where... A Sacramento sports dude, and you'll hear him at the beginning, says he talks to a or he talked to a economic 
expert, whatever panel he's on, a guy named Barry Bloom. So listen to this. Is Sacktown may want to get in on trying to steal the A's from us? I'm telling you, it might be a thing, Marley and Tony. I spoke to one local economic developer today who has spoken with the A's three times in the past six months and says the capital city is ready for a Major League Baseball team. If this plan was not approved, is it the A's plan B to stay in Oakland? If this agreement does not go through, they will look for other cities. The Oakland A's are on the move, but the question is to where? Las Vegas is currently the number one option, but has seen some pushback, specifically from Assemblywoman Danielle Monroe Moreno, the Assembly Chair on Ways and Means. She said, I am currently a hell no on this, and you have to get me to a yes. So all of that comes down to they're going to have to convince her, and if she's saying that, that means other folks are probably thinking along the same lines. So if not Sin City, why not Sacramento? Sacramento is a better financial deal than Las Vegas, a better team environment, a better fan environment, and a better merchandising and TV environment. And the A's are going to lose money in Las Vegas. Interesting. I haven't heard that one. That's a, that's a final that the statement. A's could lose money here. Um, I think the stadium is going to cost a lot more than initial estimates. So what do we tackle first? The guy trying to drum up a rivalry between Sacramento and Vegas? Or do we go back to Steve Hill? We've talked about that fight where Steve Hill, basically, I don't think he's threatening, but he was just with the statement that, of, well, if we don't build them a stadium now, they're not coming, they'll go to another city. Right. Like I, that's uh, Most people here are like, okay, uh, all right, and they'll be back asking us again in eight years. We, we can wait, and we'll take – an expansion team, right? I was gonna say, or or MLB will come with an expansion team, and we'll just say yes to that. That's fine. I weird, uh, man. It is weird. I mean, the messaging has always been weird. But like you said, like I don't know if you want to call it a threat or like a watch out. You might lose us. Like oh, oh, good lord, we might lose a team that's lost ten straight games and was never gonna try to win. Like, <laughs> what are we ever gonna do without you? Yeah. And on the Sacramento guy trying to build a case, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe it is a better place. I don't know about. Uh, you know, he did. He did kind of the typical anti-Vegas thing. Right. A better, uh, better family environment. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's another. I there's a lot of people who don't know anything about Vegas beyond the strip or beyond what they've read about Vegas. Come here, and you can see it's Sacramento is not Shangri-La as compared. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who think Sacramento sucks. Uh, it's not Shangri-La as compared to to Vegas. Um, well, here's so all of that aside, like all the weird statements aside, everything. I just don't know why, like, the statements about, like, we can offer a better financial package. Like, why? Why are you rushing? Like, right. We could give them $700 million in public <laughs> funds. Like, okay. Is that something you're proud can of? You? Right. Can you? By the way, do they have a plan? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. And it's in California where repeatedly the state and all these cities have said public money, no. Right. Build it yourself. And I just, So that state's going to be more. I mean, we're freaking, we're not. But we have people here who are just pushovers. And. I don't know. I mean, it smacks of desperation. Like you're that yeah. desperate to get it, to get not only just an any MLB team, the Oakland A's, who have done nothing in terms of success, and you're like, we'll give you nearly a billion dollars. And I'm just assuming because yeah. 380 million dollars is coming from us apparently. So if you can offer a much better financial package, I would assume it's at least double. We Which, really are arrogant here. Why? And I think we have a right to be. Oh well, because we already have two major league sports. You want to call the Aces a third major league sport? We've got 45 million people coming here every year. We can be picky. We're not a, you know, looking for the first major league franchise. We can be picky and make sure it's the right deal, the right stadium, the right location, the right 
organization, we can be picky. Again, I'll bring up the examples. We told the World Cup, buzz off. We told the BCS and college football when he wanted to give us a game in a couple of years, and they're like, yeah, you got to move CES. And the powers that be here are like, no, that's not Sacramento. That's Vegas. Keep going, Bear. Barry Broom, the CEO of the Greater Sacramento Economic Council, who has written MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred himself, believes the A's and the MLB should consider the capital city. West Sacramento can put a more aggressive deal together than what Nevada has right now. And the deal in the rail yards is better than the deal in Las Vegas. Nevada Senate Bill 509, the A's official pitch for up to $380 million in public funding for the ballpark, is currently still in the state Senate. But the deadline to get this all done is Monday, when the legislative session concludes. The A's have told us if the deal falls through with Vegas, they'll hear us out. Okay. Go. go. Have at it. Start putting the plan together now. Have at it. I mean, your deal must not be that great if they're they're only waiting for the lesser deal, as you call it, to fall through before they'll even talk to you. You do realize when, when this is a yes by Monday, nothing is set. It's not even really being written up as, hey, the TROP site. Because they're probably going to move the sites. So Sacramento, in this case, Barry, go talk to Governor Newsom. Let's go. Do it. I'm just a- I refuse to, and we, we sound like we're punching down. I refuse to punch down as a Las Vegan no. at other places. Good luck. I went on in, I went on in Portland today, uh, the morning show. Uh, Andy up there. It was nice enough to have me on every once in a while in Vegas Topics. And... He asked me out of the gates, he's like, hey, what's the vibe? People are really excited. I was like, well, the A's put out a poll. 75% of the fans in the A's poll said, yes, we're excited about the A's in a stadium. The government you know, site where you can go and read all the information, people up there are 78% against it. And then I laid out all these financial arguments, and his co-host is like, wow, we'd really love a team here. You guys don't sound very excited. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just, that's the vibe I get from a lot of people. Um, you know, and as, and you know, I'm. I am not a, you know, public money, endless pit for professional sports team guy. I mean, we've said it a million times. We would like baseball here. I think a stadium would be awesome, especially if it hosts some other events too. You know, it can liven up different parts of the strip. That's cool. But I'm just giving you the truth. Not everyone here is fired up. It's a very unique situation. And, and unlike, again, we're not desperate. Unlike other cities that could get a major league franchise, we actually pay attention to what the franchise is. We're close to Oakland. We know what's been going on. We have their AAA affiliate. We know. Now, I will say. Sacramento should know about them, too, though. I mean, that's, a, that's right what I say. There. It's so weird that they're desperately, like, outreaching for this. I, I just oh. I don't really understand Again, it. this is a TV report, and the guy got one expert to talk yeah. about it. And it was like, you know, if Governor Newsom's on board, well, I think you may want to talk to it's him a big, first. It's a big, yeah. it's, kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal. Although I will say. Because I know there's a bunch of like crazy things that have been thrown out there in terms of the temporary spot where they would play. Uh, I would love for them to play at the Las Vegas ballpark. You know how high those totals would be? Oh, my God. Especially with professional lineups coming to play in that ballpark. It would be insane. They're going to alter the park and just have a green monster 37-foot fence all the way around? Right. <laughs> like, like you have to hit launch angle right. for those three years? 
Everyone better get in a crouch and hit the ball straight up in the air. Balls go out of the park so often they have to put targets out there just to be like, all right, it doesn't count as a home run unless you hit the target. This is getting ridiculous. Carrier, Carlson, Colasar, Marcheseau, Carlson, Amadio. This one is over. 6-0, a shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Oh, yeah. Stanley Cup on the line, and it actually was in the building yesterday at Lotus Broadcasting. Damon, was that a big deal for you? I saw you uh, cozy up to the cup and get a picture, put it up on social media. Yeah, it was a big deal. I remember I worked as a talent wrangler during that first award show when they announced the team, and I took a picture there. So it's like I, me running into the cup all these years later. <laughs> John, where were you? Um, I, I don't know where I was because I don't know what time it was. Um, nobody told me. Was it 2 o'clock yesterday? Yes. Oh, okay, I was kind of busy. Um, I was on the air. Can I say something really quickly? This is with all due respect. Yes. I like to make fun of the guy a lot, and he's not here, so I'm, I'm going to make sure I say it to his face as well. Nobody exudes more nervous energy than Ari Mizoraki, who in his picture looks like he's afraid the cup is going to lash out and strike him in the face. Like, he doesn't even look genuinely happy. He's just standing at a distance and looking like, all right, it's the cup. Here we go. He's leaning sideways. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, I don't know any of the cup rules, and uh, you're going to hear this in this interview I did with Mike Bolt, who's one of the keepers of the cup. I felt really bad. The last time the cup was in the building, Six years ago, I kind of snubbed the cup. We did the interview, and then the guy was like, I want to take a picture, and I'm like, no, and I walked out. And then everyone else was lined up. I'm like, I don't don't care that much, but I also don't know all the rules because I put up the picture yesterday, and, like, the number one response I got was, did you touch it? I'm like, well, I didn't, but, like, I don't know. So would it be bad for Vegas then if you touched it? I have no idea. I don't know who it jinxes. I'm not sure. All right, so really quickly, I'm going to go put money on the floor to go touch the cup. Well, I don't have access to the cup now. We're, we're, Mike is somewhere around town with his black case, you know, locked up. He, he does have a rental car, and I'm, I'm actually surprised he doesn't what's, have more security. What's the driver's license plate? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He came straight to the building yesterday, sat down with him. This is how I started out the convo with the keeper of the cup, Mike Bolt. You know, we had this big guy in studio a few years back, and I don't think I realized at the time the magnitude of it. Okay. I have to apologize to the cop. I'm not going to touch it, but I actually did not take a picture with the cup the last time, and maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I was in the whole jinx mode, but Mike Bolt, the keeper of the cup, is here with us. Uh, who's the star? Is it Mike? No, or is oh it the God, cup? it's always Stanley. It ain't me. Not even <laughs> close. Like, uh, it's a billion miles ahead of me. It's the rock star. I just happen to be the guy that looks after it and gets the rock star from A to B. I'm a Tandler. Did you see how crazy people were with the cup walking in from the rest of the station? Oh, yeah. And I hate to say it, but... No, no one really asked you to take a picture. <laughs> That's such a diss. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, everywhere we go, it's a magnet. Uh, whether I'm going through the airport, even at the rental car place today, uh, I got stopped. Uh, the guy actually, uh, rec- th- I actually got recognized because I'd done a lot of media down in South Florida. And the guy goes, when I'm pulling the case out of the car, he goes, oh, my God, is that the cup also? Well, of course it is. If you- <laughs> yeah, I don't mean Stanley don't separate, except for we're on the plane. It goes underneath, and I'm up top. But, uh yeah, the cup's a magnet for sure. Where is the Stanley Cup in today around Vegas? Uh, you're, you're my first stop. Oh, really? I haven't even been to the hotel. 
Get out of no, here. You I, got off the plane and you I came got, to us? I came to you guys. Yeah. Oh, you're yep. great. I didn't want to be late, and uh, I actually was wearing shorts in the plane, so I changed in a parking lot and put the suit on. Now I feel bad. I don't have a jacket. I got shorts no, on. No, I got to do TV later, so. Nice, nice. Where do you go rest of the day? Like, what? What is it like this week, those couple of days? Because you've been through this how many times now at different Stanley Cups. What's it like the two or three days in the host city? Yes, yeah, so we got some more media going on today around town, and then I got the big media day tomorrow over the arena for where both teams will be available to the worldwide media because we have media coming in from all over the world to cover the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we got events on Saturday on game day. Uh, you know, people keep their eyes and ears open. You might see the cup pop up. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be around town until uh, we're leaving after game two. What's the scariest moment you've had before the Stanley Cup finals with the cup in terms of, oh, like, I might have lost it, someone grabbed it, where is it right now? I mean, air travel is not always uh, perfect. Let's yeah. just put it that way. That's a stressful moment. Um you know, there's a few situations. Crowds can be a little nerve-wracking and just making sure you got things under control. But for the most part, everybody's pretty good. How long have you been doing this? Oh, 24 years now. And what were your qualifications going in? Were you like a, a yeah, former crap, law enforcement, security no, person? How'd you hockey, get the gig? Crappy hockey player. Really? Well, I, I work for the Hockey Hall so of Fame. Oh, okay. And uh, I got appointed as one of the keepers back in 1999 and started traveling with it in 2000. Okay, so over the years, how's the job been? I mean, this it's been wild. I've been around the world. I've been in you know war zones. I've been in uh, you know, northern Russia. I've been in you know Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Ukraine. Uh, you know, uh, coast to coast in this country, coast to coast in Canada. Um, met a lot of interesting people, other athletes, other stars, other movie stars. I mean, the cup opens a lot of doors. It's not me. It's the cup. Uh, we've had the cup on the space shuttle, which is really cool. Um, it's been in the White House uh, fourteen times. So it's, wow, uh, yeah, and you're always with it. No, there's a couple of us to do it okay. for sure. Uh, there's myself, Phil Pritchard, Howie Borrow, and uh, then we got a couple guys that help us a little bit with this, the player tour. We pair up during that t- time of the year because it's what 19 hour days every day, so you just got to have a colleague with you. And uh, yeah, we knock off the summer. So each player gets one day with a cup wherever they want to go in the world. That's why all those countries I mentioned earlier, why I've been there, that's because we've had players from there that have a day with the cup. How big is the cup? I'm standing next to it, it's and I'm 30, dwarfed by it. Yeah, it's 37 pounds, and it's standing 35 and a quarter inches tall. Almost Why do you think it's the most famous trophy in all of sports? I think it's a lot of different things. The history behind it, you're, you're standing next to a 131-year-old trophy. The fact that you see all the different winners on it is another iconic thing, and the fact that you can drink and eat out of it is pretty cool. And it's got one of the coolest poses when you win. When you get to hoist it, yeah. that's I think, is one of the coolest things ever. I love that, uh, you know, the iconic hoist over their head and that's uh, allowed for the winners and the way it's uh, inscribed is it oldest at the top yeah the, the oldest bottom? at the top so i know we're on radio but uh, people that aren't too familiar with the cup so the most current teams go on the bottom and we have five major rings on the barrel part and then it curls in and represents the first 100 years and then in the, the neck that dates back from 1893 to through to the 20s the Stanley Cup, the actual cup, the bowl itself, has got anything from the early 1900s. And inside the bowl is 1907, which is actually the first time they put names on it. 1893 was the first year it was awarded. Oh, wow. But they didn't put names on it. So that's how the tradition got started, and it's inside the bowl. And to go back to the bottom, this year's winner will be on the cup for 60 years. They'll go on the bottom, and uh, you can fit 13 teams per ring. So uh, it'll take 60 years before this year's winner comes off the cup. Silly question, because... None of us will probably be here. Maybe Ari will. He's a young guy. But what's the plan after? You go through the 60 years. 
What do you mean? Like, oh, where does the ring go? Yeah, where, where, oh, you, sorry, where do you I, start I, inscribing I, names and well, where, are we, where are we right now? Whatever. So, so you know, the ring, the, the ring, course, twenty one hundred. The ring comes off and goes into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And oh, you can remove yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like okay. for example, if like you had a grandfather that played for the nineteen forty Rangers, I could show you the team name because wow. that's on there. But the, the actual plate with all the players and, and the personnel, that band is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So uh, yeah, so in sixty years, uh, whether it's the Panthers or the Golden Knights, their grandkids can go up to the Hall of Fame, like in sixty-one years, and see their great grandfather or grandfather on the cup. Mike Bolt, keeper of the cup. We have the Stanley Cup here at Lotus Broadcasting. We're gonna have a bunch of videos. We'll show you as well after the conversation. Does the team actually get the cup for a little while? Yeah. You mentioned that each player. Yeah, gets so it. they get a hundred days. Oh uh, wow! Okay. Days, so pretty much from the minute they win till when the season starts. Okay. And uh, pretty much July and August is spent traveling around the world doing all the different players, coaches, trainers, cup days. And then by the fall time, we're usually in market where it was won and doing stuff with the organization. You realize we're very spoiled here in Vegas. This is kind of insane, <laughs> the success we've had. And I wonder what it's like. This is the second time, you know, they've made the finals. Yeah. Um, this is the second time we've had the cup in our presence, in our station, in this city in six years. There are places that don't make the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. When when I assume you travel to places like that too. We travel. What are what are fans like in those cities where they're like, My God, I mean, like we are spoiled. Like I, I just saw you, buddy, six years ago. There must be hockey fans in places who are like, Oh my God, That's it's it. the Stanley Cup. Yeah, no, we get everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. Whatever, yeah. you know, the fact that we're here we are and we've been here a lot over the last few years. We've been here for awards and everything else, but uh doesn't matter. I mean, you can go into a market like Montreal that's won the Cup 24 times. They still get very excited about yeah. seeing it. What's the best hockey city? Oh, I don't for know. you I as mean, a fan. Honestly, I, I, honest... I, went to, I went to Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't go for a hockey game. I actually covered a lot of UFC, so MMA. Yeah. And I went there for an event. George St. Pierre was in the event. He's a French-Canadian. Yeah, sure. I thought it was one of the best events I'd ever been at. I thought it was one of the most impressive buildings I've ever been yeah. in. It, it, it might be the biggest arena I think I've ever been in. It is just a monument to, you know, French-Canadian sports and hockey. It's a great building. I think they have the best hot dogs in sports. Is that uh, about oh, yeah. You should have known. Uh, hot dog rankings yeah. with Mike. Yeah, no, they definitely have the, my favorite hot dogs. I remember the draft. I ate 13 of them one time. Oh, but, look uh, at you. Uh, you and Phil Kessel going to go yeah. Uh, on a hot dog duel. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, every market's great in its own different way. There's obviously some unique markets. I mean, look, the, 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 the market here has been unbelievable from the get-go since they dropped the puck. Uh, the fans have been here. The game presentation is awesome. Um, you can feel the vibe in the city when you land. When you land, You're, you you know what's going on the second you get off the plane. You can see the the flags. You can feel the excitement already. Uh, this is a great hockey market. Um, but uh, yeah, we, I think we got thirty two great markets for the most part. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm just excited about teams that uh, work their butts off. I'm glad to be here. I think it's going to be a great series. And we got two teams from the south, which is awesome. It and, is awesome. and it really helps grow the game. We're going to get a lot of young people that are going to get interested in the game of hockey and hopefully slap some skates on and grab a stick and start playing this great game. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Grab Bag. JVT is here. Aces, early start for us in Atlanta, up 16. It's 41 25, 90 seconds before the end of the half. Jackie Young with 12, Asia Wilson with 10. The drive for 40 and 0. 40 and 0. I revised my overall number 
to 33-7. and seven. Over the win total. Win total 31.5 or 32.5? Yes. I, I think it was 31.5. Pretty amazing, huh? And now I think the Liberty will have a really good season to go like 27-13. and 13. You know. And they will meet in the finals. Who was pitching me? I forget who we had on. Was pitching a – maybe it was Willie. There was a combined prop. Oh, yeah. I think I think To Sam. win the title, New York or Vegas, you get both. Oh, it was Sam. You're yeah, right. Sam brought it up. I don't know if he was pitching it, but I know he brought it up. Minus 550. Yeah. I've been told by people who follow the league, look out for the Mystics. Okay. So, but the gap is still very large. It seems like it. Yes. But maybe we're once again being super arrogant, uninformed Las Vegas fans. It's the same, man. Sports. Magical things happen. Upsets? That's right. Can I also say, you said it was an early start time. I think that's a perfectly reasonable start time. In fact, don't do this. Aces should probably start their games at 4 o'clock. No, I, I didn't so want to do this. Today. So they can attract a lot gotta, more people. Get it back this. I can't, I can't do more... I want baseball here, okay? I don't I don't want to come off every block of the show as being anti-baseball. but uh, That's not anti-baseball. Yeah, that was pretty amazing that uh, John Fisher, I think, talked to an L.A. Times writer, and while they're in Carson City yesterday asking for $380 million, and Jeremy Aguero told us last week that it's only going to be 30% tourists, John Fisher, the owner, apparently spoke to Bill Shaken at the L.A. Times and said, paraphrasing, a lot of this is for the tourists, and we would like to have early start times for home games at 4 o'clock so tourists can go to watch a game and then go to a show afterwards. Okay, here's the thing. Don't get mad. Two things. One, Stay calm. if you're here, you're on Pacific time. Like, who cares? Okay? Also, stay calm. I'm going to stay calm. This clearly is not about... Building the fan base out here in Las Vegas. Why would you have the, the start times at 4 o'clock to maximize what? Tourists to come into your building and spend their money. They don't care about building the fan base out here in Las Vegas. They don't care about home support. Don't assume that. They care. Just because he's saying that outside the market. About the bottom line. Just like all he cares about is the bottom line now, which is why he pays chump change for a, a payroll and a roster that is abysmal, and it doesn't even have anything coming in the farm system because they stink. 22nd ranked farm system, by the way, for a team that is bad. Ooh, that's LA cool. Times wrote, this is Bill Shaken, quote, Las Vegas runs on tourists. He said Fisher, the owner of the presumptive Las Vegas Athletics, would like to cater to them. Again, this is the writer relaying a message, so I don't know how Fisher said it or what he said, he has pondered. He's just thinking about it. He's pondered whether his age should start home games at 4 o'clock, the better for tourists to catch a game in the afternoon at a show at night. That's garbage. By the way, you know what? Actually, I take it back. Bill Foley and the Vegas Knights have been starting their games at 4 o'clock this whole time. It's led to a lot of success. Well, wow. really struggling in those seven o'clock puck drops. The Knights actually took the opposite approach and started to uh, restrict where the tickets were sold and who they were sold to, and made it harder for out-of-town fans to get the tickets. Uh -huh. so. Now that may change down the road if the Knights once again need tourists to come in and help out the attendance, but right now they're fine. And we know the Raiders aren't going to do anything about that. I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to. So you either want to pay top dollar for tickets as a local. Keep your tickets, 
or someone from outside the market is going to scoop them up. Just looking at attendance numbers. That's it for the Vegas Golden Knights and how well it's working. I feel I feel like a uh, like a very restrictive papa on this show. Okay. I'm, I'm just uh, throughout, throughout the show. I'm like, oh, okay, that's enough. Like it's getting too negative. Let's stop. Stop bashing the A's. We love baseball. I, I love baseball. It has nothing to do with the sport. If they actually, if, if I had no, you know, if they come out here, Ooh. no choice. I'd love to go see the Angels. We only have a couple minutes. We got a lot of strong stuff to get to. So back in the bag. Uh, you sent me a video of something uh, someone called Denny McCarthy and some other golfers, PGA guys, yeah. shooting the three. I usually get go to these videos. I'm like, oh my god, how unathletic! The four or five guys who shot, including the McCarthy guy, actually all had pretty decent forms. The release was a little low with some of them, yep. but they were pretty athletic looking, and I mean coordinated. Yeah, they were at the Ohio. Not everyone can shoot a basketball. They were, I think they were at the Ohio State practice facility, and, yeah, they were putting up shots. And McCarthy's actually got a pretty sweet shot, and it's great because – so the first dude that shoots uh, – I'll double-check to see who it is that's shooting it. <laughs> but I think it's Harris English. And the best part about the video is he's the worst one. He only hits two of the threes. They're doing the traditional three-point contest. Right. But you hear him hit one, and so when he goes, he's getting hot. And that was, like, the only that one he hit. That was the only one he hit the rest of the way. Oops. <laughs> El Jinxo. Are you going to watch uh, White Man Can't Jump? Mm. I started watching it. I fell asleep. It wasn't because the movie was bad. I might have been a little whacked. I think I'm going to try it again this weekend. And I think Jack Harlow acting over Jack Harlow basketball might be my final take. I I will say I've seen a couple of extended clips from the movie. I don't know if I'll ever watch it. I was not impressed, but I I was not turned off by Jack Harlow's comedic acting in time. I also think they're using a basketball stunt double. Yes. I don't think we we, know. we examined his shots uh, from uh, one of those NBA celeb events, and it, it, like he made a couple of shots, but it is a freaking shot put. Um, also in the bag, you mentioned watching Banshee. How far in? Uh, one and a half episodes, two episodes. What do you think? So far, so good. I mean, I think it's kind of corny action like show. Don't but worry it's, about it. But it's pretty good. Like, don't worry about I, it. I enjoy yep. it. Don't worry about it. It is. It is one of the best corny shows ever. Yeah. And it is so built on, I've said this before, like years ago, I love it. There's a lot of gratuitous nudity. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yes. And it's basically, I'm going to make a really old reference. I wish Koken was here. Um, it is basically the form of Gunsmoke with a law enforcement guy who basically has to fight, fist fight in every episode. Yeah. And then the next episode, actually, no, they, they actually, in this one, they carry over, you'll see in the future, there's some really nasty fights that carry it over where he's, like, beat up for a couple episodes. It is, it is a cheesy show, but it's friggin' awesome. Yeah, like, so, like, the, the first episode where, like, he gets out of jail and he's, like, at the bar and he just gives the bartender, like, a look and then they're smushing in the back, like, yep. immediately. Oh, he's, there's, like, a he, shootout that all, erupts. All he does is fight and watch it. Yeah, like, there's a shootout that erupts in the middle of the city with unnamed man in white suit, you know, in suit that's just, like, shooting him down the middle of a main road. So great. No cops ever show up. Like it's One of my favorite shows of all time. It's good, though. Uh, good. One last story in the bag. This is so random, but I want to see if you can guess this. Um, I was asking you, will my recent prize purchase make it through the weekend? I think about this thing every day and what I'm going to do with it. So, long story short, uh, I love things on sale. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I needed an umbrella for the backyard, right? And the SO has this, like, affinity for those offset umbrellas, you know, the ones that kind of go out and, you know, it has a base and they go out and up. I, I Like, I don't – you're not grasping this, right? So here's the thing. They're not good in wind. 
Right. Like regular umbrellas are okay. You got to have the base and everything. The last time I bought one of these, I paid four hundred dollars. It lasted a day and a half because it folded on itself. And I've been I was depressed for five years, and I kept telling her, I'm like, I can't do it. It's too windy. Vegas, you can't do it. So I bought one, and it's already almost blown away like three times. Nice. And I keep trying to open it, and the problem is you have to sit there and literally like be ready to spring in seconds to close the umbrella. I know it's a dumb story, but I feel like other people have these umbrellas, and they're not snapping on each other or, or snapping on themselves, or they're just so wealthy, they're like, ah, what, what, so what? Two, five, seven hundred dollars for an umbrella. If it snaps, no big deal. We got another one. I, I can't do that. But I did get a sec. I, this is my second one, so wish me luck. I think it'll make it through the weekend. Good luck. First world problems right there. I, I live in an apartment, so I have no idea how to relate to this. I don't know, man. We did have our it's plastic. Old, it's old man life, and I pay attention to the backyard a our lot. Big bull, uh, our big blue plastic pool did blow away in the wind the other day. I had to track it down. Also, a lizard ran into our house the other day. Really? Yeah. Scary? Come on, are we out soon? Because I think normally we go out about now and uh, our little. uh, There it is. Okay. So we got about 50 seconds left. So there you go. Sorry, that was a boring story to end things, but I get concerned about these these things. Um, Adam Hill actually just stopped by randomly. Will he have one of the donuts? He said no. Me and the. No. No. All right. Well, I appreciate you getting donuts. Angel, take these home. And I might go get some more on the way home. National Donut Day. Yeah. Angel's getting three. And they have sprinkles all over them. Sorry, Damon. Yeah. We should have brought you donuts. I think the station had donuts. Was it yesterday or today, Damon? It was yesterday. Today was cookies. But, Angel, I got cookies for you. Bring a donut back for me. Cookies? I got you, partner. They always have the good food when we're out of the building. Tuesday, but here, there was a half-eaten cookie cake, and I was like, that looks like a yeah. nightmare. We're out of the building a lot. Thanks to Treasure Island and the Golden Circle for housing the show. Check out the archives, lvsportsnetwork.com. Thanks, guys.